Yeah, sure. <laughs> Whatever. Now the uh, the Costa Rica trip, that was the best. That was probably the best vacation I ever took in my life. Really? No, that was a, that was a good one. One of the best yeah. that I ever took in my life. But uh, I haven't been to Costa Rica since then. How many years ago was that? 15, 16, when was before you were married? How long have you been married? It's before I was married. I've been married 15 years. So call it 16 17, or 17 years ago. Probably 17 years. And how bad did 16, we crack? 17. How bad did we crack on Jenkins? <laughs> Dude, we traveled the whole coast of Costa Rica and cracked on Jenkins the whole time. Yeah, it was pretty good. We drove and drove. We'd get up in the morning we'd drive somewhere to a surf spot. Could be three, four hours away. And we'd get there. Remember that Witch's Rock? Witch's Rock, remember that one? Yeah. But dude, we went to a national park there in Costa Rica, and then we went down the riverbed that was dried up with a car. Bottoming out the oil pan. With, dude, I'm, I'm surprised we made it in and out of there. With Dio driving. Dude, you know how many times I thought we were going to be stuck in the wilderness yeah. during that trip? No shit. Like... A dozen times. And this little, oh, we had a, uh, what was that little four-wheel drive we had? Was that like a, a RAV4 or like something. Like a tracker. Wasn't it tracker? a tracker? Could have been a tracker. Something. Like a I was like, I was like, could not believe that this little car was doing what it was doing. But I we mean, got back there, and then you get there, and we're in the bushes, and you can hear the waves, like, it's right around here somewhere. So we, run, we walked through the woods out there, and dude, there was this huge rock called Witch's Rock. And then it was just... The nicest, just read out of a friggin' surfing magazine. Like, these perfect waves were coming in. And, and there was like five dudes out. Right. No, it was the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But that's Witch, Witch's Rock that's in all the good surf movies. Well, yeah, now everybody knows Witch's yeah. Rock. But, like, when we went there in the 80s, it was almost like the white elephant thing. Like, oh, my God, do you know where Witch's Rock is? Like, can you right. get there? Right. Or right. you can take a boat. No, you, or you can take a four-wheel drive, but you got to make it there. Anyway, this is the... Uh, this is the Real Guy Podcast, Lunker Dog's uh, Real Guy Show, and I got the big Bursa man, Bursa, in here tonight with me. Also, executive producer, Lamont Jones. So uh, we're getting ready to bang out an episode, so thanks for joining in tonight. And Mr. Bursa, thanks for coming in. Um, we're always looking for real guys on the show. And um, Bursa was around when uh, the whole social network thing started, so it's really good to have him a lot of years now. Right here with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a pretty neat idea. You're uh, starting the new podcast here. How many you got going so far? How many total podcasts? Yeah. I think this will be our ninth podcast. Okay, all right. And uh, we've been putting them out every week for nine weeks. Okay. And the audience has been growing very steadily, very surely. And uh, I was catching up with them. I mean, there's some pretty good stuff. I mean... Uh, Which poems did you listen to? Um, the one with the chef... You got the chef Joe one. on there. Right. Yeah, I listened to one uh, about the sawfish or something uh, with Busa the Busaka. Busaka, all yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Could you imagine if Busaka was around back when Freshwater Rob and Wide White Mike, <laughs> Wide Right Mike, Pride White Matt was around? Yeah, that uh, that would have been something. That would have been like really fun. <laughs> you know, people think that like we made fun of Freshwater Rob in the old days. Um, well... Or like we were picking on him. Picking on him. Well, that's part of his, uh... Well, he was a freshwater guy, right? I mean, he came out of the canals of Weston. <laughs> you know, like, he was out there fishing. Sun, like, sunrise Plantation. Sunrise. 
I knew it was out there somewhere. But yeah, no, he never caught any uh, saltwater fish, right? And then right, his, Himbos, his, Himbos, sis, his yeah, sister, his sister, his sister talked me into start taking him out fishing with us and stuff. And being a freshwater guy, I mean, it was natural to like, I don't say pick on him, but he wasn't a saltwater guy. Right. Now well, he was be. also uh, cocky. He didn't come in with a lot of humility. He thought he knew everything. Right, 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 right. Well, he was a fishing expert. Right. <laughs> so that's what caused the one like we just singled him out and attacked him. He had a lot of it coming. He asked for a lot of it. True, that's true. No, he did, he did, he did. And then he was like, he, like, he would like to, like, totally like overanalyze gear. Well, I think that's a problem a lot of guys have. You think that's common? Right. <laughs> I definitely Dude, do. Ryan is bringing, I think, 12 combos to Mexico. 12 combos. Nice. Yeah. We, I had a trip three nights ago, and uh, these Asian dudes from New York came down. And they were totally Americanized. It's not like they had like an Asian accent and everything. But they brought two combos each. There was four of them. And me and uh, Frazier did two boats and took them out. So the guy's sporting the piss out of one of these really nice van stalls. And he's throwing plugs. So you got guys that bring their own gear? Some dudes do. Really? Like if I did, like if Freshwater Rob would have booked way back when, he'd have brought his own combo. <laughs> right. Big casters. Right. It, it's like a one out of three people. They just can't help themselves. They got to bring their stuff. They got their stuff. Okay. So this guy's got the van stall. He's got a rod just as expensive as the van stall. It's probably fifteen hundred for the setup. Okay. And he's throwing plug, which I commend the dudes because like they said they wanted to catch a. a Giant tarpon on artificial, and he did. Wow. He did get one on. He plug. did get nice. one on plug. That's the one on video. We were live um, down there in downtown Miami, and he's just pulling on him and pulling on him and pulling on him. But the first big run that the tarpon did totally destroyed the van stool. I mean van stall. <laughs> and if you watch the live video from that point on, from like after the first run, the thing sounds like a, like a car with bad bearings or something. It really? just squeaking and everything. Whoa. All right. 900 bucks for that van stall. And that was the first big fish he caught on it? This is the first big fish he's ever caught Dang. on it. That's not That's nothing new. You know how many guys have come down with that like $800 Stella? And then it breaks like the first time they get a 100 pound plus tarpon? Happened to Jim Hayes. Well, it's true. True story. Uh, like how much are your rigs cost? My rigs? Yeah. They're priceless. Well, were they old rigs? The ones from the salt shaker ones? Is that the ones you're using? Right. Those, those are ones. Those are priceless. You can't uh, buy that anymore, uh, and I'm not going to sell it to you. <laughs> the Lunker Dog rods that I that I use right now right. are pretty much priceless because they're mine, and I'm not going to sell them to you. Well, that's true. And then uh, the dude from Penn sent me a whole bunch of reels, so I've been using Penn. So the Penn reels are good? They've been really good. Okay. I was like kind of like, I don't know, you know me, I'm like all anti-new anything because I think all the new stuff sucks. Right. But the pen stuff that I got, um, those sport fishers, okay. see all the boxes up there? Oh, yeah. They've been phenomenal. I've been catching just 100-pounder after another. Matter of fact, last night was the sixth night in a row right. with 100-pound fish or better. Well, wow. The guys that are listening, they're going to want a little better description of the reel than that. So which one is it and which model? Oh, come on, really? Yeah, well, which one's been producing out there? Oh, jeez. And a third of the people are gear freaks. Or the, is it the same people that bring their combos that are the gear freaks? Of course. Or two different people? Of course. Can you be a gear freak and not bring your combo? No. All right. 
Well, you can, but you'll just have anxiety the whole time. Alright. So... Like, I've always been of the mindset, Bursa, right. that invest the majority of your money, your good money, in your rod. Because okay. that's going to last you a good amount of time if you don't, like, slam it in the door or, you know, in the truck bed or whatever. And then go modest, medium on the reels because these tarpon, they're going to destroy any reel. Right. So instead of buying an $800 reel, like, get a $150 reel. So you're saying you can only get so many lockers on a certain reel. On any or, reel. Any reel. For that matter. Any reel. Like, no, nobody's making tarpon reels, where it's a 20-pound class reel that's meant to catch 120-pound fish. The Van Stool is the worst tarpon reel ever made. And I'll, I'll give you two examples, because these are the only two examples that I've had experiences with, which was the other night with the dudes from New York and the Van Stool that broke on first the first one. tarpon. And then when I did the show with uh, George Gods. He's broken? Yeah, we well, were using all those fancy reels. I think Penn bought Van Stool or something, and we had all those fancy reels. And the drags would get tighter and tighter as you would fight the fish, and then you'd, you'd pop off the fish. And it happened over and over and over again. You can watch it on the TV show. <laughs> the drag tightens down on itself as, the, as it's pulling drag. Something like that. It's definitely getting tighter as you're fighting the fish. At least it was then. But if you do pay $900 for a reel, all you got to do is send it back and they'll fix it for free. <laughs> for three months. <laughs> no, a lifetime. No, I mean, but it's going to take you, you'll be out with your reel all the time. Right. So you have to have two. Three-month turnaround time. Yeah. Right. You mean two? You get a half dozen. So these guys, let's just paint a picture here. These guys, these guys are trying to catch tarpon, and they're looking at their reel for stopping power. Correct. Like, let me throw 35 pounds of drag on this thing. I'm going tarpon fishing. Correct. <laughs> and talking about how much drag well dude what, what should I set my drag at so I told him a lot right I didn't think I was going to break his van stool Burs you might get me a brewski out of there yeah me sure I get him fresh brewskis the mom wouldn't let me keep the leftovers from last week in there that's a good idea <laughs> I told him on as long as they don't leave the cooler like you can't leave them in the bed of your truck where they get warm and stuff oh look at that is that a pirate's world ipa dude that thing's like 12 and a half percent alcohol good on you <laughs> oh oh my bad i a light hit the label wrong it's a michelob ultra oh geez. so now everybody can crack on the ultra yep that all the beer people are all triggered now all the guys that care about what beers other dudes are drinking like they're at flanagan's or whatever and they're eyeballing other people's beers like what's that guy drinking and God forbid you're drinking a light beer or anything else because then they're like, pussy, uh, this is... Dude, worry about the own beer that you drink. Well, you got those, uh, those uh, local breweries that brew those beers. I mean, those guys will get offended if you drink... You, you don't like one of their beers. You walk in there and you ask them, well, what's the closest to like a Bud Light? And they look at you funny. Well, you and then they usually give you some fruity thing. Well, how come none of those guys at the microbrewery prices t tell you about the next day? Oh, wow. Because they taste good. Most of those microbreweries micro that I've had... You like them? <clears throat> I like especially the first one. I mean, they're tasty. But the next day, when I got to get up in the morning and I got things to do, <laughs> and you smell like that? I mean, it's like not normal. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Except when you get micro beer farts are not solid like that. They're soft and like real hard to make like a noise and brutal. The smell's brutal. I mean, it's not like drinking a Budweiser. Right, no. I mean, I, I, uh, I can't drink more two of those things. And right. you're full. You're physically full. You don't you feel like you're taking a nap. I those mean, microbrew guys and the IPA guys, they're drinking one. They drink one? Judging like, a guy that's drinking 20. Right. <laughs> like, you're drinking Bud Light, dude. That redneck's drinking 20. You're still nursing one. <laughs> or they get those little shot glass ones. Right, the tasters. I like that. I like it when they bring out all the ones. Uh, what do they call that? Sampler. Yeah, but they gotta. They can call it a cord or something. A flight. They, a flight. A flight. And they sport the piss out of their flight. They carry that flight around like it was like a newborn or something. They're walking around the damn bar with it. Check out my flight. They're sporting the piss out but of that it. That does give you a headache the next day, because it's no different than having like a shot of tequila. A shot of vodka, a shot of drambuie, a shot of rum. Like, you're not supposed to mix like that. Really? Different kinds. Huh. If you drink two different types of beers, say you were to drink, how many beers you drink, person? When you, like, when you I know, go out drinking? Yeah. I mean, like partying. If I'm partying, it's going to be over 12. Over 12. Right. So if you had, what are you drinking now? Right now, it's just a little vodka and. No, uh, what beer brand? Oh, what beer? Uh, I usually like Corona Lights. I like Bud Lights. Um, if you did six Corona Lights, yep, and then six Bud Lights, you'd have more of a hangover the next day than if you just had all six the same. You think so? Or, yeah, all twelve the same. I don't know. That stuff really doesn't affect me. It's the lack of sleep like that bothers me. Maybe ten, <laughs> could be ten each. I mean, I can mix liquor and beer better than most. Say you had five Even, Bud Lights in your refrigerator and one Stella Artois. Well. Would you drink the Stella first or last? Last. I'd drink all five last. Bud Lights and then I would drink it last. I would Finish last. it with the Stella right. Artois. Yeah. Top it off. Right. Okay. Well. How many brewskis are you drinking like now? Not partying. Socially. Socially. Drinking. Compared to when we were the boat ram boys, <laughs> well, no, that was a whole other ball game back then. That was I, numbers, numbers. I mean, I could drink eighteen beers back then, <laughs> easy. At the Shark Bite Bar. At the Shark Bite Bar, the original Shark Bite Bar, the old house. Um, yeah, we had some good times. We jammed back there. Remember the jam sessions we had when I was demoing the house, dude, mate. Remember the jam sessions with that dude Dave? We had some of the best jam sessions. All original style. All, all original bar, barnacle music. All of it. Hola, senor bonefish, where you go? Dude, we needed music back then when we first started. When, when we invented internet fishing shows, basically, we needed a soundtrack. Right. And, you know. Do you remember the first music that we used for our fishing videos? I remember the first music. We weren't allowed to use it, but we used it. Um, there was a couple of them there in the beginning. It was Craig Mack? No, but kind of like in the same line as your Coronas, Corona Lights, Lost Lobos Boys or something. Oh, Burn Heaven. That was the song Heaven or something. Right? Right? And then Lamar's like, oh, we can't use that. They're going to throw us right. off. How far is heaven? But, I, yeah, right. yeah. but I think at the beginning, when we were first doing the videos, Uh-oh. before Google bought YouTube, I don't yeah. think it was a big deal. Then Google bought YouTube, right. 
and then all of a sudden Lamont freaked out on the music. Well, Lamont has always been a stickler about being original. Like, he never wants to copyright in French, or he'll make his own tunes, he put his own mixes together. I think that's been important. Well, I think Lamont's scared of getting thrown off social media platforms. Sure. I mean, it's not like, like some people thrive on getting thrown off social media platforms. I think Lamont's like, I'm a little nervous about it. Well, I've never been in Facebook jail, but I don't really post. You know, but I, I don't post on my government name account, but I have the pages and then the groups and we get pretty crazy in there. And I've never gotten Facebook jailed in there. But I know a bunch of people that are Facebooked, Facebook jailed like three, four times a year. How does Norm get Facebook jailed like every month? He's getting in like political fights where it gets really nasty. The name calling. Politics. 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 Well, you know. And Facebook's a stickler. They're got a side they're on. <laughs> they all got a side they're on. But I think it goes past, once you get past the um, line of respectability and the name calling, like I think they, then they get you. So if you have to use the C word, I think you're gone. If you use MF something, right? whatever that something is, if you proceed it with MF, they're going to toss you. Then you get thrown right off the platform. I think the first time you get like a 24-hour cooldown. The second time like a 72-hour cooldown. The third time a week cooldown. And then the fourth time like a month. Wow. And Norm's had the month. Really? Oh, Norm's got like, I think he's had back-to-back months. Yeah. Like he's always pissing off the Facebook Somebody. people. No, it's the Facebook people that he pisses off it's consistently. Kind of like, it's kind of like the old forums. Remember those old forum days? Oh, do I remember the old forum days? <laughs> the forum days were, uh, they were phenomenal. That was in the beginning of the infancy of uh, all that online fishing shows. And we were out there making our presence out there, and I would get on there. And that's where the reds and the trouts thing came from. What was oh, that? Yeah, they just about reds. Do we never abused more people <laughs> at one time than the Florida Sportsman Fishing Forum? Oh, I just love digging between, those people. Between you... <laughs> The Boat Ramp Boys, Website Mike, just totally abusing the whole Florida Sportsman thing. It's like... It was too easy. It was too easy. It was easy. It was easy. But, you know, like, we were making those Florida Sportsman Forum reports. Yeah. And it really wasn't fair. Well, well they wanted to micromanage. And, like, mm -hmm. that'll drive you crazy. Like... Oh, we want like real guys posting, but we don't want guides in there posting because then they're promoting. And that, you know, they were also at the infancy too. They started at the beginning and just made every mistake you could possibly make. We don't allow video links on our posts. We don't want video. Right, right. right. <laughs> and then website Mike would <laughs> website Mike would go in and hack their system so we so <laughs> we could put video. Yeah, we could play video on the Florida Sportsman forum and nobody else could. <laughs> Did that? Yeah, dude, we abused them <laughs> the whole time we were on there. It never stopped. Isn't that where you met well, website Mike? Yeah, uh, yeah. On, on, on the, uh, I met a lot. Sportsman? I met a lot of real guys, a lot forums. of cool people on yeah. the forums. Website Mike was like seventeen. Right now he was young. He was a, he was like a sophomore in college. What he's 17? 17, 18, right? <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> he looked like he was seventeen. He still looks like he's seventeen. Yeah, no, he's. I don't know how a bald guy with no hair can look like he's 17, but website Mike's still doing it. You can do it when you got a 600-pound uh, swordfish in front of you. That dude catches some swordfish. 
Dude, he's one of the he's a top guy. Right he's one of the best sword fishermen that I've ever been associated with in my life. And considering my dad and a few other dudes were some of the guys that pioneered this stuff back in the seventies, that's saying something. But he goes out there, he gets his big lunker swordfish, he puts it in everybody's face like a gentleman. Yeah, totally. Consistently, like a gentleman. Right. And just does not stop. He's relentless about it, like a real guy. No, it's pretty impressive what he's done out there. And then he gets all those snappers and stuff. He's a meat meat fisherman. Is, is that what he is? Does he sell all that? Or what does he do with it? No. But he bags it up, it gives it to people. He'll call me. He'll but call swordfish. Like how many pounds of meat? Six hundred pounds swordfish. How many pounds of can you eat? Well, I don't think he's like. I don't think he's blowing down a hundred pounds of fish himself. But I but mean, he's giving them out. And he's got a big Jewish family. Right, yeah, no, You know, so they get a fish and people... Right. right. You know how... uh, We kill friggin' 60 pounds of dolphin. How fast do we get rid of that? It goes, goes, right? Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. What? Can you read it? Oh, I can't think. I thought it was dark. What do you got there? I can't see what I was saying. There's about to be a girl throwing lunkers in your face at the Bahia Honda Bridge. Oh, Dar Sizzle. Dar Sizzle's going to put lunkers in people's faces at the Bahia Honda Bridge. What's that on Instagram? <laughs> Facebook. Facebook? Dar Sizzle, social media f- phenom. Just totally creeping up on my stuff. What else is new? How do you. I have a callus from people creeping up on my original style. How do you get a... It's a mental callus. Right. Well, she's run out of uh, options over there. You know, it's funny you bring up Dar Sizzle. Because between the G-strings and the idiocy that goes with the people that follow that and like that and are into that... Right. The reason that we really don't mess with Dar Sizzle anymore is because... She tried to do something with O'Gorman. What do you mean, against you? No, not against me. They tried to... Darcizzle and O'Gorman tried to do a trip together. And then Darcizzle <laughs> abused O'Gorman. What? Yeah. That's... So then we turned around and we're like, well, we're not doing Darcizzle anymore because she abused O'Gorman. In the meantime, <laughs> all the social media, the two biggest friggin' retards in the whole social media that I can friggin' think of is O'Gorman and Darcizzle. Right, right. Is that freaking <laughs> is that freaking a coincidence? Wow. Or is that destiny? They found each other there. That's for well, sure. they, I mean, right. it just happened to be right. where it's them two. No, I seen that chick at the. What are those uh, locker comms? Uh, she used to, yeah, she used to come used to, to come all around. our social media events. Right. Take and then, notes. and then she got the following, and then all of a sudden that meant something. I mean, when you get tits and ass, you, you know you're going to get a certain amount of followers in this business. Well, I'm not going to comment on the tits and ass, but there's only That's fifty. What? There's only fifty percent of that in the equation because I'm not saying it, but there's only fifty percent in the equation. What, like she's got a butterface, you mean? No, she's. Nothing. Oh, yeah, nothing there. Yeah, nothing yeah, 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 there. Yeah, yeah. No, no, she, her assets are fifty percent of what you were talking about. <laughs> right, right. Okay, no, that's true. No, no, she's uh, she's certainly in that department. But um, I don't know. She was some. She had a little. I think one of her eyes was bigger than the other one. Did you see that when I, when she was there? Like one of her eyeballs was a different size. 
So she had that working against her, too. <laughs> never, I never noticed. Dude, you should look. Check out the pictures. You're trying to tell me Dark Sizzle's got a dick eye? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've never That's, noticed. I just noticed it when I, when that time I saw her. I, I, know. I don't know. I don't, I'm sure if you start looking out there, you'll see it. I got a picture with Dark Sizzle and Mackenzie together. What? And I noticed Mackenzie's dick eye. Right. <laughs> I didn't notice Dark Sizzle's. It's there. It's not as prominent, but it's there. Take a look. That's why she's always wearing the sunglasses. <laughs> I'm telling you. I've, and I heard it too from somebody else. Hey, right, dude, you quit picking on Darcy. Okay, okay, I mean, fine. You want to pick on somebody, pick on one of the old boat ramp boys or something. We need to start with Matt or something. Why well, read Matt? He's got two kids now, that guy. He's like, uh, I think, he has a lot of fishing too. On his, uh, I think, a I, or something. I think old wide right Matt's doing pretty good actually for himself. I'm, he is. He's I, come a long ways. I, I don't talk to him that much and stuff anymore, but I pay attention to him, pay attention to him. And he looks like he's happy. He looks like he's, he's catching right some fish. Thing. He's got a couple little girls and they're, uh. He's the, he's doing it right. He's a good, he's a good kid. I think I might reach out to little white right Matt. Okay, let's see him around. Kid goes to our school. I kind of like you know didn't reach out to him for a while or whatever. Yeah. Now he's you know, like you know, proving himself. Hey, just seems like he's rolling. He is. Nicely. He's rolling well now. He's uh, he should uh, check it out. No, he'd uh, he'd like that. So why were you so tough on white right Matt in the old days? Well, it's like anybody is new to the. Plus they were young. Like anybody new and young, you bring them on, you gotta kinda haze them a little bit and uh, initiate them, see if they can even take it. And if they can't, then they, they bail, like a lot of them. But. Like, I mean, I think you messed around with with, with, with uh, freshwater rob a good bit. A little bit, yeah. But I think he abused Wide Right Matt. <laughs> I don't know, he was young, you know, he thought he knew everything, so it was fun to, uh, to mess with him and... Uh, so it was basically for your enjoyment. Right, no, no, it was, it was definitely for my enjoyment. Uh, well, I think I think millions of people on YouTube enjoyed it too. Well, you get those 10, 12, 18 beers in you, you gotta gotta take it out on somebody, <laughs> right? I mean, those were back in the drinking days. Back in the drinking days. Yeah. Are you gonna give me another beer out of there? <laughs> sure. I mean, I, mean I, I don't know why, but when I'm with you, like my ultra lights go down just right? a little bit quicker, a little bit more easily. Well, so, Jeff. So Jeff, you spring braked or spring broke, um, you know, a week or so ago. You, and you went over to the West Coast. Oh, any yeah. highlights? Any reports? Yeah, what happened over there? Well, people want to know. Is that what you got? The sheep's head over there? Well, you guys do know that I know people. Yeah. And the people that I know invited me to a place in North Captiva. No. Nope. I, I would say you know a lot of people. Yes. All right. And some of the people that I know. Got some good spots. Right, invited me to North Captiva. Now North Captiva, we spent, I don't know, three days there. Me, the worm, the wife. Um, nice. Two other couples, they had all boys. Worm did phenomenally well, considering she was the only girl, only girl. out of six boys. Wow. But she did good, she okay. hung right in there. And, um, but North Captiva's kind of cool, there's no roads. Kind of similar to uh, the Outer Islands and the Abacos where you pull up, there's a dock, there's a house, beach on one side, bay on the other, and we hung out there. That's up by like Tampa or not is that far up? No, it's uh, Pine, like right in front of Pine Island by Fort Myers. Okay. Fort Charlotte. What is it going on? It's called North Captiva Island. North Captiva Island. 
Yeah. Check this out. No roads go there, so you have to take a boat to get there. Go ferry, or are you bring, or you got your own boat? Like, you call me a ferry? <laughs> ferry, dude. That's uh, dude. Don't boat. call me a ferry. This is my podcast. You, you, you're not wide right, Matt, over here. You're to abuse me. That's true. Uh, don't <laughs> no, take it the wrong way. You didn't take a ferry. The people that I knew, the people that I was connected, had a to, boat. Had a 28 foot. Oh, okay. Yeah, had a 28 foot boat. And um, we went over to the uh, Pine Island boat ramp. They picked us up there. So there's multiple houses on this Pine Island. There's, I don't know. Captiva Island. North Captiva. There's a section of it that has like a half a dozen houses on it. Okay. And then there's a wildlife preserve that takes up about two two miles of the island. And then down on the tip of the island, there's like some restaurants and stuff. And um, a little tiny marina. It's populated out there. It's got a couple people. It's kind of like little guana. But there was a school of oh, sheep's head there at the dock. At the dock, okay. And then, I mean, there was a lot of them. And I kept going up and down the dock, and none of the kids really cared to catch a fish or whatever. And the sheep's head were like antagonizing. Wait, six them. boys were there, and not one of them wanted to catch a fish? No, they weren't even like even what? into the fish. Were they, did they get their iPads working over there or something? Because no. Like, what do they do for fun? What are these kids? What are you talking about? They don't want to catch a fish? They were playing cornhole. Uh, you know what cornhole is? Yeah, I've seen it. They had cornhole tournaments. Okay. They also dug a pretty decent hole. Okay. Well, and then the hole Dude, was when we grew up, they didn't call it cornhole. They what? called it kindergarten. Like you throw a beanbag into right. a hole. Right, cornhole. Like that's for like five-year-olds. Well, it's, they get competitive with that now. It's like horseshoes. Now you're picking on people. First, first is picking on people. Well, right? That's kind of like the beer thing. Well, you guys so grow up. It's okay up. to pick on somebody about a game, but it's not okay to pick on somebody's beer. I'm going to Google cornhole, and we're going to look at the people doing it. <laughs> we're going to probably show you some people on North Captiva Beach doing it. But anyway, the kids were playing cornhole. Okay. And they dug a pretty decent hole, like a really decent hole. I was like, what, are you going to bury somebody in that or something? Wide or deep or what? Both. Wide, yeah, like you can put a full casket in there. Wow. Yeah, it was impressive. Okay. But none of them wanted to catch a sheep's head. So me and the guy that has the boat, people that I know. 24. <laughs> we're chilling on the dock and we're chilling by the boat. And these sheep's head are like just looking at me. They're like totally antagonizing me. So out of respect for the fishery, I had to catch one of those sheep's head. Sure. And then let it go. So he could tell the other sheep's head that I was up there. So they had some fishing gear there. No, you I didn't bring your own, right? No, I brought. I you brought, brought one. Well, I have my go-to travel kit. Oh, you have a travel kit. Yeah, which is my fly rod. Oh, okay. I got my nine-weight fly rod, and right. then I got the little tiny ugly stick with a uh, like a three thousand little spinner on there. We used to catch those mooners. Remember those on the fly? Yeah, moonfish on fly. Yeah, that was fun. That's how I used to teach people how to fly fish. <laughs> Take them out and catch moonfish. Mooners, yeah, it's like epic. And then we eat mooners, and you eat them. Smallest, best fillets ever. There was a dude at the sail club that would just crush the piss out of the mooners and then eat them. And every time I would see his post, I would think about Rashad. Yeah, yeah, he gets them. He gets them. He'll fish for mooners. He'll fill up a couple five-gallon buckets and he'll have a fish fry. How much work is it to fillet one of those little guys? What's that mean? It's a decent. It's actually not a lot of work. It's not. Comparatively, it's not like cleaning a chicken. Definitely not like a <laughs> chicken. If you got a good knife, you blaze right through them. Well, and you don't have to scale the thing. Okay. You don't oh, you to, don't? No, you just peel the skin right yeah. off. Okay, okay. But it's just, you're, you're, you know, you're not really getting, put it this so way. So people aren't sporting mooners? 
Oh, oh they are sporting oh, them. Sporting, yeah. there, really? Fish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people. they're sporting them on the nappy fishing group. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mooners are mooners are top quality. I mean, it's not like sporting a sheep's head. Right. I mean, right. people really sport sheep's head, and people really sport the piss out of a jack. But you can sport a mooner. Mm-hmm. Mursad sports the piss out of him, but he'll he'll post up like twenty. I think a mooner's sportier than a jackerville, right? Well, if Come you have on, like a jack, it's just if you have like four pound, a two pound. No. It's like a bonefish, though, right? Yeah. It's more a bonefish. It's a moonfish is like a bonefish for like a second. Right. <laughs> moonfish is not like a bonefish for, well, for the first a, second. No, it's well, not. Compared to a jack, it's like a, a moon and a uh, and a jack is kind of like a bonefish and a permit. Like different spectrums. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it's not the what bonefish and the permit are like the king of the flats. A look down is like. Sure. I, well, I've just said there were different classes, down. but they're still like, like a bo- a similar. Bone, in a bonefish swims by a look down or a moonfish and looks over and is like, is that a freshwater fish? <laughs> And I mean, like, the bonefish won't even acknowledge a well, down as being a saltwater the, fish. The, the bonefish is the Ferrari, and the uh, Mooner is the uh, Prius? What are they got? <laughs> no! <laughs> Electric hybrid. The moonfish has the, the long run. The, or the bonefish has the long run. The moonfish has the same type of run, just for much shorter distance. No. Like, a moon can go, like, for three or four feet. Whereas the bonefish can go for like 50 yards. No, the bonefish has a long run. The moonfish has a long face. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It is true. I only it is anything we say on this podcast is always true in proven scientific fact. Right. Did you guys see Horse Cranker's um, bush tuna? Bush tuna? Yeah. What is that, like a Republican tuna? No, that big, no, bush like jungle. The big hog, him and his old man got? Oh, I did see that. They've been watching him on closed circuit television for like two weeks. And they'd like get up in the morning, his father would look at the footage, send it over to Todd, they live close to each other, and then they set out to get him. They were like, we're going to get that son of a bitch. Yeah, at night, there's, um, he was getting everything on that camera. Bobcat, coyote, and the big bush tuna, the big hog. And he waited out there, and he got him, like 11.30 at night, on camera, but the thing ran off. After they shot it? Yeah. Well, he hit it in the head, but it didn't kill it, and the thing ran off, and they lost him. So then they found him the next day. Still good. And where is this? Bradenton. Is it at his house? Neighborhood hunting. You don't do it? <laughs> When's the last time somebody fired off a 30-06 out here? It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, for yeah. hunting, yeah. it's been a while. It's neighborhood, neighborhood hunting. Well, you know, you can neighborhood hunt in Punta Gorda. They got, a, they got a population of rabbit over there that's rabbit. insane. Really? So you'd be doing them a favor if they got a few. Because they're a nuisance, like the iguanas. I just can't eat one of those iguanas. I've been wanting to, but I just can't. Well, Salmonella. Yeah, they're nasty. You know, like I shot a couple, and I'm like, uh. dude, you're not Guatemalan, right? Well, I mean, I like think that's like a Guatemalan cuisine or something. Oh no, they're eating them in the keys. Who? There's the dirty people. Dirty, dirty like keys. is it Hemingway style? Well, dirty? Like dirtier than that? Dirty like they, like can't get back into Dayton Briard because of warrants? 
So they're down there in Monroe now, eating all the iguanas, posting videos on how to. What are they doing? Like the just the uh, like the tail, like an alligator, or are they? Yeah. Uh, and they're doing like fried, tail. like fried, like an alligator. And chicken of the keys. Chicken of the keys. Come on. Yeah. It's chicken, chicken of the, the keys. keys. My ass. Yeah, it is. Everybody's eating them. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't know it. Right? It's kind of like when you get barracuda and they tell you it's a snapper. No, it'd be pretty simple. Next time I go down to the Keys, I'm going to look to my left, I'm going to look to my right. If there's no iguanas around, then I know people are eating them. If they're everywhere, then I'm going to call you guys out. They're eating them. It's been on well, the news. It's, it's been on Deco Drive. It's been on all the TV shows. Deco Drive. It. Deco oh, Drive. Oh, we're going to watch so-and-so. Chef Carl is going to make right. iguana. Yeah. The chefs are making the iguanas. If I get one, well, can we get Chef Joe to cook one? I thought that you, would be a good episode. I thought you couldn't do that. I can't do it, but I can have somebody else do it. I might try it. Like if I had a real chef that can butcher it, and I don't have to look at it, I'll, I'll bring it over, and I'll take care of him. You know, like you know what I mean. <laughs> but then I'll just hand him over to Chef Joe for gutting and filleting. Marty Zoffinger's eating his long nose gar and doing how-to videos. Marty is. Do you know Marty? Oh, that the guy with the kayaks, right? The guy with the kayaks. Kayaks, but he's doing he's, he's doing gars now. Eating gars. Yeah. Dude, you can eat anything. You really can. No, you can eat anything. I ain't eating anything. Well, it's you you can eat whatever you want. It tastes good, but anybody can eat anything. It's about what tastes good. Right. No, it is psychological. Right. Because if you saw but if you, those big giant crabs, those Alaskan crabs, right. like uh, people love those things. Yeah, sure. But if that thing was on land, <laughs> people would like scream Nobody like murder. They'd crab. be like a giant cockroach. <laughs> so it's all mental. Like what right. we eat and stuff is. Um, Remember all those old crabs we had around for a Lauderdale back in the day? Land you, crabs. Right. You run over them, you get a flat tire. You know, it's a, Do you know, you know why we don't have land crabs here anymore? Same reason we don't have oysters. But we don't have any land left. You need, actually need some land for the crabs we to got, live. We got other things. We got foxes. I had a fox on our front porch the other week. A we fox. have one. I've never seen them, but we have Caught one. Caught them on video surveillance. Eating uh, cat food. How big? I would say he was uh, probably, body was like this big, probably around 25 pounds, 30 pounds maybe, tops. He was a gray fox. Now, are those good eating too? I don't know. <laughs> if he comes around, he might find out. Or I might find out. I did, I'm just I, I'm trying to get the whole iguana iguana thing through my head. Like go down to the Keys, open up the menu like to your favorite Keys dude. restaurant, and you're looking like for a whole fried yellowtail, and instead you get a whole fried iguana. Iguana on a stick. Iguana on a stick. <laughs> well, I'm sure they got it. If iguana. You, you got to know where to look. Iguana. You might home. be more like South Miami though. Iguana stew. <laughs> a stew. I bet they're big on stews. Iguana oh, chowder. Oh, they're eating the eggs too. They're in the eggs. In the keys. Before they form? And like as a omelet? I thought the keys was like getting full of people that are like totally loaded now. Like with like more cash than they know what to do with. Fine dining and all that. Oh, it's when you and go you're down telling south, me that they're like crushing the, the iguanas? North Keys is like yeah, south. I was Miami. wrong. It's not chicken of the keys. It's chicken of the tree. Chicken of the tree. That's what they call it. All right. That makes sense. I'm, I'm boycotting the keys now. <laughs> well, the keys kind of suck now. It's not like it used to be. Do you remember the old days when we just like go down there? Yeah. Get on the boat. Yeah. Pull around. Oh, Biscayne Bay. That was. Uh, that's keys, right? I mean, upper it's, keys. Yeah, I mean, I mean we would do the keys trip. 
once a year or twice a year, but we do Biscayne Bay. Biscayne like, Bay often. We had like a three-year run there where we went seven, eight times a month. I mean, we were like, when there would be multiple days in a row. And we'd hang out at the boat ramp right behind Doodoo Mountain. Right. That's how I knew we were there. No, that was some good times down there in Biscayne Bay. I, uh, that's my favorite kind of fishing is, is pulling around the flats, chasing those things. That was my favorite era of fishing. Really? Okay. Well, yeah, it was like I was over like the big blue marlin, big game stuff. I was okay. like, yeah, I like to do it. I like to get offshore. I was doing the snook and tarpon stuff here in Fort Lauderdale to like, you know, do the big snooks or whatever. But when we went down to Biscayne Bay, that was for us. I mean, we did that to fish for us because we were fishing buddies and that's what we wanted to do. Right. No, that was that was the best fishing and the funnest fishing I've ever done in my life. And I mean, catching. Big Black Marlin and the Tropic Star didn't suck either, but... But it wasn't Biscayne Bay. But it wasn't Biscayne Bay. Biscayne Bay, you're out there by yourself, you're pulling around out there. There's no better feeling than just having six inches of water underneath you and just cruising along and then you see nothing and see your, your heart starts racing when you see that little shadow. You're like, I think that's one. And then you try to make a cast and... Dude, that guy does not look like he's from the Keys. Lamont's showing us <laughs> video of people chopping up iguanas and getting ready to put them in the fryer. Well, he's got to be trouble. And the guy's in full camo. I've never seen a it's guy... It's a hunting in, channel. In the Keys? That's where they got them. Or South Miami down there. So they're... It's like, uh, yeah. Are the hunters now, like, traveling into the Keys so they can hunt iguana? Sure, it's like a hunting trip. That's where the easy picking is. They are all over down there. I mean, I last time I was down there, they were everywhere. I didn't catch any but I wasn't eating them. <laughs> but if I would I would have got several so where are all the uh, save the animal freaks in the keys like if I kill like you hear Victoria Park if I found a iguana and I killed it and somebody saw me kill it you're in trouble they call the cops actually it is illegal to release an iguana once you have one in custody so, if you catch one, you can't go to your neighbor's house down the street and let it go. Technically. What do you you have to dispose of it humanely and quickly. Humanely. With their, on the top of an iguana's head, there's a spot right where the brain is, and they call it the third eye. And that's the spot you got to puncture for immediate elimination, right? Because I've done it. I got a little pellet gun, and they don't feel nothing. They don't even flinch. I got them in the cage, and I pop them, bam! And they're gone immediately. I've had two in one cage. I popped one. He was gone immediately. The other one was like, what? He didn't He didn't know nothing was going on. So I got the other guy right after. I mean, they don't even move. It's called the third eye. Look for it. Next time you got to take one out. How much can I charge to bring a couple guys up the river to kill a few iguanas? You should do a iguana gu- charge. Same. Right? 550? Yeah. For five hours? Yeah. yeah. yeah that's do you know how many iguanas we can get in five hours? Right. We could be like the dude that catches freaking 800 tarpon a year. Right. <laughs> Except we'd be doing iguanas. Yeah. Where? What's more believable? Catching 800 tarpon in a year or killing 800 iguanas in a year? Iguanas. Iguana, right? Yeah, totally. And how many clients could I get? They would get like 15 or 20 if of those. If you started pushing it, you'd get uh, several. You'd get a lot. It would grow exponentially. Dude, you could, you could dress your clients up in like full camo and like tell them, I'm like, you know. Like when you take you, uh, you sneak clients up on these frogs. You know, like the, there's guys out there that people gigging frogs. I'm not around here, but. Where the frogs are. So we wouldn't shoot them, we'd gig them? We can gig them. <laughs> Actually, they got little lassos. 
But if they're not too spooky, they get around the neck and they just like a little noose. Get them. I say you just wait for the cold fronts and then you freaking advertise it big time on the on the channels. You say Guada, we've got a cold front coming in because that's when they slow down. You're like, we catch them by hand this time of year, <laughs> right? Just jump on them, dude. That's like give them some gloves. I, there's got to be a season on these son bitches. Well, it's open season all the time. I mean, you can get them anytime. <laughs> I got one in my pool the other day. You didn't live long. Well, you shot him? I shot him. Damn. Yeah, yeah I, 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 he was chilling next to my pool, and the dogs came out. I looked over, I said, holy shit, there's a guana right there. The, guana, the dogs went after him, he jumped in the pool for safety. Once they're in the pool, they're easy pickings. You just get them with a pool net. Like, they don't even try to get away. Really? Yeah. And then got my little pellet gun out and disposed of them. And I said, I thought to myself, should I eat them? I'm like, nah, this guy's disgusting. Uh, that's why I have to have somebody else cook it. I can't, I can't cook one of those things. That really go through your mind. Yeah. Should I've I wanted, eat them? I wouldn't want to eat one. So <laughs> I got the cafeteria, the kid's school, and I'm like, I was talking to the head chef over there. I think the more cooks at the cafeteria, but anyways, I said, if I catch an iguana, you go cook it for me? And he said, yeah. So I actually, if I get a good one, I can bring it down to him. And he said he would do it. But if I get Chef Joe to do it, he probably put a few more spices in there. Well, Chef Joe knows how to probably cook an iguana. Right? No, he was bragging about being a world traveler. World traveler and then like all the... So does that mean he can cook iguana? I mean, he lives on the canal out there. We could probably get him right out back. He said that, he said that, you know, like Mexican and Central American food was his favorite. So I, I would assume... <laughs> Iguana's got to be on the menu. That, yeah, that he, right? he'd do a pretty decent job with an iguana. <laughs> Okay, I mean, he's got to know how to butcher it and uh, properly... Did you see the, the stuff that he had on the menu in that last fancy restaurant that he opened up? Uh, yeah, no, it was... Uh, Try, I'm trying to remember, he had oxtail. Did he have oxtail? He had oxtail. It was good, whatever it was, it was... He had, uh... Oh, I can't remember, but dude, he had some crazy stuff on that menu. I, I forget what it was, but yeah, he had some good stuff. Maybe ostrich or something, right. I forget what the heck he had. But I was like totally, I was looking at the menu, I was like, yeah, I never would He created that menu? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And let him go, that's what, the, that's what he said. Right, is that the one? <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> well, that happens. Right? You, you know, you played football against Chef Joe in the other days. Did I? Yeah. Was it my years? Well, I graduated in 89. <clears throat> graduated in 89, let's see here. Probably one year. Okay. You played with me and Joe. You were on the team with John Judge, right? Yes. Ooh, so John Judge, I was a freshman when he was a senior. All right. So and I was on varsity at uh, so 10th grade. So you weren't on the team when... When John was there, no. I was... No, I wasn't on there. I played Little Yankee and then went, went straight to varsity. Yeah, so when you were a freshman at Stranahan... You were senior? Well, I'm the same as John. Okay, then you were senior, yeah. And we and played then, each other. And when then I Joe was, was a year behind you? No, Joe was my year. Oh, it was your year. Okay. Joe was nose guard. Okay. And uh, we played Stranahan our senior year, which I thought you were on that team, but I guess you were. I was. I went to Stranahan, but I, I was in ninth grade. So, no, I was – I skipped JV. Coach Perry said, don't play JV. <laughs> He's like, stay in Little Yankees. Better trade as JV. Yeah, JV right? was pretty sorry. Oh, man, I was sorry. So, yeah. I went straight to varsity in 10th grade and, and – uh, I started two years. Mm. Senior. So, yeah, get up there in 10th grade. You're like, holy shit, but. Dude. 
Good old days, man. The good old days. Those were good days. Those were good days. They were, you know. The um, my favorite days were when we started the Boat Ramp Boys and we first started doing the YouTube stuff, and then I appreciate all that time because, uh, like, we developed some seriously good relationships. Not just you and I, but you and me, the Painted Farmer. Yeah. Um. What do you call it? Dio. Dio. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was a good uh, decade right there. And then doing the videos with... with the videos, <laughs> we did all the trips to the Bahamas for your <laughs> wedding. We did the Tropic Star. We did Costa Rica. We did the videos. I mean, we did the bone fishing. We did the jams. We invented the internet fishing shows. Like, that was... A lot went on. There was a lot going on. You don't realize it once you're in it, when you're when you're, when you're living it, and you look back at like, you know, wow, that was a lot. So no, that was, I mean, that started. How many views you got now? Like total, sixty million, seventy million. I mean, you got. I think we just I, on YouTube. Well, I think Lamont deleted about twelve million. Right. No, it's right, and then the ones that we have left are like, I don't know, call it five hundred million. No. What? Yeah. Five hundred million, wow! Yeah. No, I mean that'd be all the t all the channels combined. Okay. And all the subscribers combined is about five hundred thousand. Well, I mean, like I said, we started it back in the day when nobody was doing it. And do you know that if we started that today, if we couldn't do it. That, that people wouldn't have saw it. Nope. People They'd shut you down. It. Unless no. you're paying, you're out there paying. No, you know, the, no, the way it works now is if you do sharks, manatees, manatees, rays, turtles, whales. The sport fish is out of the equation? Well, the sport, the sport fish, there's just not enough people want to, to trigger the algorithms to get, to get the there. views. Tarpon only gets so many people so fired up. Right. Like, they could care less about that. What they care about is total amount of views. Right, right, right. Like, for instance... If we would have did, I don't know, just 10 shark videos over the course of the time that we were doing YouTube. Okay. Total number of views would have been 10 times really? what we have now. Because you're in the loop for the shark people. Well, I'll give you a perfect example. People want to see the sharks. I'll give you a perfect example. Okay. The Rant Monsters channel that we created. Oh, yeah. All right? Yeah. You take some dork. Right. <laughs> totally. And you bring him down to the boat ramp. Right. With and he a circus animal. Right. And he catches a 300-pound <laughs> fish right. from the boat ramp. Right. And, and we did four videos like that, a ray and a shark. 30 million views. Wow. Yeah, no, that's, that's... And do you know how many... Do you know how many trips we booked because of that 30 million views? Zero. Hardly any. Right. Like, you didn't see a difference. Do you know how many hats and shirts we sold with that additional 30 million views? Zero. You couldn't tell a difference. Right. So there's just like a bit abyss views. And Google, YouTube is charging people per thousand. Yeah. Per thousand views is how they charge people. So, really? yeah. So... Not only are they ripping people off, but they're also pushing the videos so they can rip people off. Yeah, it's way too big now. Like, when we got in there, it was in its infancy, and it was growing, and we were part of the growth. And now it's just so huge, and such a conglomerate. Like, big money in there, politics, everything in that thing. So, 
I was doing a podcast with um, Tom Rowan, I don't know, a couple months ago during the Miami Boat Show. Okay. And I think I explained it to him best. We were in a position where we were able to take advantage of YouTube. Yes. Now, everybody is in the position where YouTube takes advantage, advantage of you. you. Right. Oh, for sure. And I think that's the big difference. And there's a huge difference in the viewers that we have now and that we had then. Because the viewers that found us and the viewers that were attracted to that kind of content had to search us out, find us, and then like us. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And then they would say, like, oh, I got a friend that would like this, and he would show it to that person, he would show it to that person, he'd show it to that person. So it grew organically, like... Uh, Do you know if you type in... Consistently? If you type in The Mullet Run... Right. In YouTube, do you know who you get now? Who? Black to Beige. What? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Black Debate. Don't get me wrong. Josh does a phenomenal job on the videos and stuff. But we started right. doing mullet run footage before Black Debate even, you know, thought about doing video. And the name of our channel is called The Mullet Run. Right. <laughs> get trumped by a shark catcher? Like, what, he catches something? Well, you don't get trumped by a shark catcher, but you get trumped by a dude that does shark videos that gets those millions of views. Right. So, because they can charge per thousand on that. Right. And I get it. I mean, you know, they got to make money or whatever. Sharks are universally feared and loved. And if you did shark charters, you'd probably be just as busy as you are with tarpon charters. <laughs> like, you could do as many. You know, oh, you could do more. Probably. You could do a whole business. I could hire fucking ten dudes to, to do take shark people out right shark now. fishing. Sharks are uh, fascinating. Right. Right. And, and, and the people would be lined up to do shark charters. Totally. But I would die of frigging... You'd lose your head. <laughs> I would just like, you know, it's like, I, I have to be into what I'm doing. Right. No, I can't. That's you know. like running a headboat, you know, like, hey, come on out, we'll do some fishing. Everybody grab their rod. The beer's are over there in the corner. I could do a great shark captain. Come on, folks, we'll go shocking. You guys see Jaws? That thing was a fucking guppy. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I could be the best shark dude ever. Yeah, no way. If I would stoop that low. Right. Which I won't, because I fish like a gentleman, guide like a gentleman, and do my business like a gentleman. Totally. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, you're getting cocky, right? Well, what did you expect when the big bursa man was over here? Yeah, you know, I don't know how those other guys roll in these podcasts, but, you know, I like to have a good time over here. It's a, we have a good conversation today. This is a, it's good topics. Uh... Well, I think I think it's well to me anyway. Right. Just like the YouTube videos, uh -huh. like I don't I don't want to get on this podcast and act like I'm going to teach you how to catch a million fish, or I'm going to show you how to be a fishing expert or anything sure. like that. If I can make somebody laugh, or if I can make somebody like you know giggle and think about something or whatever, I think that's like important because I don't think people laugh enough. And I think there's way too many experts at everything. And if you guys ever tried to fish like I fish, you would fail miserably, and I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you about it. No, it's got to be brutal. You, you obviously have your system down that works well for you, uh, but for anybody else to just to start guiding, it'd be such a huge task to catch fish every day for people. Like, how hard is that? Like, come on, get on the boat, we're going to go get some lunkers. Like, well, to become like... like very, it's very serious accomplishment you got there 
Well, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's not an easy thing to do. Right. People think it's like, oh, that's the dream. Oh, you just go fishing. All right, that's uh, the dream that's job to have. All he has to do is worry about going fishing every day. Right. You could be McKenzie over there with $100 snort, snort, snort charters, right? <laughs> right? Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Do you remember when McKenzie and the Mad Snooker were like go head-to-head online about giant snooks? Did they? Oh, dude. Oh, they were like... Like I say, people with the take, snooker? Right. Like, like I say, people take shit way too serious. And I'm trying to make the podcast right. that way, where we don't take things too serious. Sure. But something happened to me this week with the FWC. What happened? What well, they mean? started abusing me. More than normal? No. Like, no usually just like, like, no, like normal. Like, like normal. Like normal. All right. And um, I, I thought seriously about doing the podcast tonight on how bad I got abused by the FWC this week. Really? But I'm pretty hot under the collar about it. Okay. I'm a little emotional about it. So I'm going to let things settle. Okay. I'm going to analyze it. And then get back. And then I'm going to get somebody else's in here that's a fishing guide. Right. No, that's a good idea. Let's get it, a couple perspectives. Right. So I'm not, you know, so right. I'm not, I don't want to sound like, oh, woe is me. These guys are picking right, on right, me, right, blah, right, blah, right, blah. Right, right. Because I get it. The FWC is in a position that's hard to win. But that's not my problem. But what does Drew have to say about this? He's in there. He's one of them. I talk to Drew about it yeah. a lot. Right. And I feel bad because there's nothing that an individual FWC officer can do about it. Well, he's part of the uh, system. It's a, it's a government system. So, right. Right. So you're... You're in a system that will not let you win. Right. No, that's what the government does. Nothing ever runs well with the government anywhere, so... It goes hand-in-hand hand that the FWC would be... But it's not just government. I mean, you were into football. I was into football. People are into sports. People okay. are into business. People. Yeah. You have to work well with others. Sure. You cannot burn your bridges over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, and it's simple, basic fundamentals that the FWC is never going to be able to accomplish. I mean, they should have a common courtesy and a partnership with you as a guide that's out there on a daily basis instead of being an adversary. In my opinion, it's a, philo- it's a philosophical restructuring is what the FWC needs. Or they could make it simple. They could just take FWC off right. of all their stuff. Like, you know, the truck pulls up, it says FWC, Florida Wildlife and Conservation. Right. And then underneath that, it says Law Enforcement. Well, instead of scamming us and acting like you're doing it under the name of wildlife and conservation, just get rid of that law and just put law enforcement because that's what they do. They're well, but they're more. They like to hassle people and look for crimes, like poke around, not looking for. Don't see like probable cause, like a. Well, that's the thing. That's like, the, hey, this guy's friggin'. That's the craziest thing about it. All right, think about it like this. Think about it like this. You're a carpenter. Sure. So you're in your wood shop, right? And you're building your stuff, right? And somebody pulls up with a spotlight <laughs> and walks into your place of business, right? And starts picking apart every tool. Every receptacle. They do that. Everything that you OSHA, have. I mean, they got it. Every freaking buddy out there gets hassled by the government. Every big business. Right. Well, big business. Well, right. Even the small ones that come in 
fire inspector come right in there, shut you down. Well, that's what the FWC does. That is not wildlife and conservation. Uh, no, no. It's right? It's are you for the wildlife and conservation, or are you the dude that enforces the laws? Right, right. Well, like, where are you in the mix? Well, let me tell you where they are in the mix. They yeah. enforce the laws. They got nothing to do with... Wildlife. And conservation. And conservation. Or the vast majority of what they do, 90% of what they do. Where in my opinion, 90% of what they should do should have to deal with either the water quality. Sure. Or fish limits or hunting or whatever it is. But it has nothing to do with that. It's about registrations and life jackets and you know and they hassle you all crap. the time as a guy that's out there on a daily basis. They're 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 messing with you? In the last five years I've been checked by the FWC over a hundred times. A hundred times, dude. You need like a fast pass uh, registration where they do can not say, try hey, no. this guy here is pre-checked and all he's got to do is show his card because he's out there all the time. All right, leave me alone, basically. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But that mean, would make sense. Right. Well, that, and I've never seen the FWC do anything that makes sense, so right. why would they start now? Again, it's a government agency, so that they, they don't make sense. They make, they make it a point right. to they're, fail. They're a pain in the ass. I mean, that's what, anytime you've got to deal with the city at any level, or the county, the state government, whatever, you're on, it's up to them on your experience. And usually they're having a bad day because they work for the city and they're going to take it out on you just because they can. It's a power thing. I don't know. Dude, I actually feel bad for the officers. Because I know that a lot of the officers get into the FWC because they care about the wildlife. They care about conservation. They care about the environment. So they join. Right. They do whatever it takes in order to... Because it's kind of... Like, it's a pain in the ass to become one. Like, you got to do a bunch of stuff and sure. whatever. Mm -hmm. you know, you gotta, it, it takes some time and energy to do it. You they do all this stuff. And then they're like, okay, go check the guy's registrations over here and his safety gear. So the guy checks registrations and safety gears for the rest of his career. Because he made a mistake right. thinking that he was going to go into an organization that was mainly to deal with the wildlife and conservation out there, which they do not. Well, they should have seen that coming. I mean, I guess everybody, when they're young, they're dreamers. <laughs> but they get in the system. It's a system like anything. Any system... Sucks. I want to do. I'm gonna. I want to do a whole podcast on it. I'm gonna. Yeah. I want. I'm gonna get Benny you, Blanco down here. Do you know who Benny is? No, I don't know Benny. Benny's a guide down in the uh, National Evergates Park, and he's been a guide for a long time. But okay. he's also the spokesman for what? For Captains for Clean Water. Okay. And they are the only organization that I've seen put any type of real effort into restoring the Everglades and the water messes that we have here in South Florida. And guess what they are not? Law enforcement? They are not government. They are what? a bunch of fishing guides that actually give a shit about what's going on. What? Pleading with the government to do things to help water quality. Properly. Right. Anyway. They're a bunch of fishing dudes. They're a bunch of captains. They do what I do. They take people fishing every day. And then we got this new governor in DeSantis. Yeah. And he's supposedly freaking really, you know, like into saving the Everglades and 
Dude. Making sure the water quality is like really great. Yeah, I want to see that happen, DeSantis. Hey, DeSantis, if there's something that you could do like tomorrow that wouldn't cost anything, you didn't have to go to court for, you wouldn't have to make any laws, that would be to change the philosophy of the FWC. You can do that tomorrow by yourself, and it would be like a major accomplishment. Do you think the guy's going to do that? Do you think the guy would even think that far? God damn it, I'm getting pissed well, off, and I did not want to do that on this podcast. I mean... Maybe we get DeSantis in here. Make some calls. I know people up there in Tallahassee. We can get him down here. If he truly wants to be a governor for the people and he wants to take on these issues, we could get him in here for a podcast. I wouldn't. I, I, you I, wouldn't do that? I got, you would not take that guy would, in here to, to question him. Oh, I would do a podcast I with DeSantis right? in a second. Take him out on the But I don't trip. think for a second he would do one. Well... Well, he's supposed to be this new stand-up governor. He's right. supposed to be the answer. Let's blah, give blah, him blah. an opportunity. I'll invite him. I'll invite DeSantis. I will officially. Inv- I'll invite DeSantis to do the podcast with me and Benny. Yes, great idea. That's well. That's that'd be a real podcast. I bet somebody you. I bet you a hundred bucks. It doesn't happen. Not um, not me inviting him. Him coming down and doing it. Okay. I don't know if I want to bet that. <laughs> But, yeah, because you have but, like a like a little no, bit of intelligence, right? I mean, I like you. You've been around for a while. You I've know that around, the government probably isn't going to do anything. Sure, sure. Right. But it doesn't hurt to throw the invite out. Maybe he takes you up on it. I once had the mayor come to one of my meetings for a little neighborhood. Ad. Which mayor? Noggle. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was. Good. I went right into Noggle's office with some briefs, and he came over to my civic association thing that night. I was like, hey, here he is, old Noggle. Yeah. What did he want? What do you mean? What do you want to hear? I don't think. What if he did? Anything. And he made some calls to the city. He had some garbage picked up and stuff. Yeah. No. He he showed up, he showed which up. was pretty good. And I got full credit so for getting him to show up. All right. I'll give Noggle credit for showing up. Right. Right. And if DeSantis shows up for the podcast, I'll give him credit right. for that. Okay. Let's well let's extend the invitation, and see if we can make it happen. I'll help you clean up around here a little bit. You know, make it a little respectable. We got to clean up just because the governor's well, coming over? Yeah, you got to put your best foot forward. Well, then we'll do we'll do it over at like Tarpon River Brewery or something. There you go. That's probably better. Idea. Maybe we get the governor liquored right. up. Right, right. On some of those eight percenters. <laughs> Give him a couple of... <laughs> hey, Julian. Rub that dog on the governor. Yeah, I'll take the light beer that's only got 4%, but bring that 12% for DeSantis. He's going to need it. <laughs> He's going to need it. No, I mean... And we'd have a serious conversation with him, and we'd take it seriously, and uh, we'd have some fun with him. So maybe he, let's see what happens. I mean, I like to goof around. I right. like to have a good time and stuff. But this I'm not taking lightly. I'm ser- I'm like, I'm so fucking pissed about the FWC. The way shit goes down, how guys like myself get harassed on a... Dude, I got checked a hundred times in the last five years. And, oh, that sounds like, you know, like... It wasn't that consistent. I got checked 67, 67 times between 2013 and 2014 in, one, in a 12-month period. Well, Sometimes three and four times in a night with what? clients on the boat. Oh, geez, I got checked by the FWC, the Coast Guard, and Homeland Security in the same port in the same night. I don't know, those guys got a lot of free time on their hands or something. I mean, they I don't know why they harass people like that. Especially someone like yourself that's about there all the time it's fishing. Phil- it's philosophical. And that's my point, exactly. Is we could change a lot by yeah. simply changing the philosophy 
of the Florida Wildlife and Rules Conservation. Rules of engagement. What their mission is, what their right. goals are. Right. You know what I mean? Dude, you went downtown and got beach fishing allowed on Fort Lauderdale Beach. So that was a major accomplishment for you. I think this too could be, if you stay on it and we start putting pressure on them, get them down here for a podcast. It's Tarpon River Brewery. I think we got a 35% chance of getting them there. I've never had an FWC officer. We'll get Drew there with us because he's official FWC. He can bring one of his buddies. We got their perspective. Let's get a whole round table. I'll bring FWC agents in if they'd like to come, but I'm not putting Drew on the spot. Really? He's like my buddy. Sure. But he's and he would do probably just about anything for me because he's my buddy. And because of that. think they would frown on him for doing that in the agency? Who knows what they might do? Right it's now. government. Right now. They frown on us. Hey, Drew, guess what? You're out. Right. Yeah, it'll happen. I have not killed a fish, or I should say a fish, but I haven't killed a snook or anything like that inshore in years. Okay. Do you think maybe once that an, F- an FWC officer besides Drew actually even knew that? No. Or even cared? You're just a number. They don't care. They pull up, they see your VIN number over on the side of your boat, and then like that's all they care about. Like, they care about your registration. And running the numbers, you know, and then like this jerk off over here. Right. Right. It's philosophical. That's my point. He's in the private sector. <laughs> I think they pick on you. But they get power. Anybody in the city and the government, they, they'll pick on you because they can. Because you're at the mercy of them. You just kind of have to bear through and make their day as go as well as possible in order for you to have a decent day back. I've never had an FWC officer call me to ask me my opinion on anything. Well, I think that that's be, weird. That, well, yeah, no, that's... Uh, I, think, I think if you're an inshore fishing guide they, they, they in the look. most metropolitan area in the state... How can we better our productivity over here? In How can I area? not help you? Right. How could you not They're not ask? interested. They're not interested. All right, let me ask you another question. What's that? If you were out in your boat yep. and you saw an FWC officer broke down, <laughs> would you help him? Would I help him? Uh, if he's in a dangerous situation. No, if he just was broke down, drifting and he, along. And he waved me over? Eh, not even. I mean, all right, yeah. He's got to wait. I don't know if he's broke if he's just drifting. If he's flagging me down, yes, I'm going to go over and I'm going to try And you're going to help him? Yes. Okay. Now, you're broke down. Same situation. FWC officer goes by. He's Is he going to help you? It's probably one time he won't come over to you. <laughs> Serious question. Is he going to help you? I mean, no, he's going to tell you to call No, somebody. he's going to tell you to call CETO. Right. He's going to tell you to call CETO. Sure. No, well, yeah, no, that's no, that's a good point. It's a great point. It's a great point. And it's philosophical. It's the way you treat people. It's what is expected of people. And the FWC, whether they like it or not, sets the tone for everybody else. If the FWC sure. Sure. isn't willing to come over and help you... Whoever's running the show sets the, the standards, right. for sure, in anything, situation, especially that... A government situation where the government shows you how you're supposed to act in the fishing area. Oh, I, and I'm not saying there isn't an FWC officer in the state that wouldn't no, help good, out. Good guys out there, I'm sure. Right, right. But I would tell but you, I would tell you in Miami and Fort Lauderdale that there's people that are broke down 
<laughs> that the FWC is looking at and is like, I am not even looking that way. Right. Yeah, I'll pretend I didn't see you. Right. Oh, right. you don't have CTO? Right. Then you're a jerk, you know, you drink mm-hmm. or whatever. Anyway. No, it's uh no, you should get a couple guys in here. Let's see if we can figure out DeSantis, at least throw the invite out there a few times. Oh, and... we're gonna invite him. Right. He's got email, right? I think so, yeah. So I'll send him an email. That's how I invite everybody on the podcast. Email, we'll call him. Well, I texted you. Right. Right. I'll text him if I got his if number. If you got his number, text is even better. Well, maybe DeSantis, maybe he's really concerned about what he can do. Maybe he'll call me out of the blue. Well, probably He'll not. He'll be like, oh, you know, that guy's a really good fishing guide down there in Fort Lauderdale. He's been doing it a long time. He's seen a lot of stuff. In it. Maybe I'll call that guy up and ask for his input. No. That's not happening. No, no. You're going to have to bring it to his attention because <laughs> he's too worried about uh, other things. I don't know. I, he doesn't know. He probably doesn't know. He's just. Well, he's probably worried about creating jobs. Well, sure, everybody is. Yeah, I remember the governor that created the FWC. Oh. A lot of good that did us. Who was that? I don't know. Some well, asshole. But friggin' <laughs> I, he created the FWC. Then they go around bragging, "Oh, I created right. twenty thousand jobs. We created twenty thousand jobs of people checking my friggin' PFD." Yeah, probably. Yeah, no, I can see that. Do you want to know what what good happened from the? Getting totally abused by FWC last Something good came out? Well, yeah, I found out that my flares were going to be out of date next month. Now you know. Do you know how dangerous it is to go out there on your boat when your flares are like a week or two past yeah, expiration they, date? They're expired. They're expired. Like you, It's questionable if they'll even work. <laughs> oh, dude. Dude, this is the longest podcast we ever did on the Real Guy Podcast. Really? Wait, what are yeah, we can keep going. How long is it? It's an hour and 15 minutes. Wow, okay, yeah. No, we've been rambling on pretty We good. probably should just keep rambling on. Just piss people off. Like, are they ever going to end? <laughs> Anyway, Bursa, thanks for coming in tonight. Thanks for being part of the Real Guy Podcast. I hope this isn't the last episode that uh, you want to come in for. No, no, I'll come back and talk about some other issues. I mean, I I, I like to talk. I got an opinion about a lot of stuff, and, uh, I mean, people want to hear it, and I would love to share it. And thanks for inviting me out, and uh, it's been fun as always, and uh, I look forward to it next time. Run that dog, Bursa. Thanks for coming in. And you guys just got another Real Guy Podcast on the Lunker Dog Real Guy Show. Run that dog. Run it.